0: I'm Bishop Sherman Young. Each week, the Word Break podcast answers questions about God, faith, and other spiritual issues. Here is this week's message. We have a lot of scripture to walk through today, and I'm asking if you uh, would lend your hearts, first of all, in prayer. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this time of growth in our worship. You require things of us that we want to bring, and we thank you for the Holy Ghost who's able to give us the strength and the courage to live for you. In the name of Jesus, we call these things done, and the people of God will say amen. Starting off uh, here today, Um, in the series of Wise Woman, we need to understand some things about wisdom. And although I'm speaking directly to women, of course, I'm speaking indirectly to everyone. And what I say is a benefit to men, women, and, uh, and youth. But especially today, I want to point out the need for wisdom and an understanding of what wisdom is. And uh, if I could get us to understand that an education is not all you need, but we need wisdom. Education can help us to get to where we're going in life, but wisdom will help us stay there. And you can get every dream, you can earn every degree, you can start the career path that, you're, that you want. <clears throat> you can get the job you want, the income you want, and with a lack of wisdom, lose it all. And it's interesting that the Bible encourages believers to get education, but it requires that believers have wisdom. And so many believers excel in education not understanding that the Word of God wants us to go deeper when it comes to our total life experience. Now, what is wisdom? The Hebrew word for wisdom has some synonyms that I think we can all understand. Shrewdness, prudence, discretion. If we have those three synonyms, we can walk through this today. Shrewdness, would you say that please? Shrewdness. Prudence, would you say prudence? prudence. prudence. Let's try it again, prudence. prudence. And then discretion, can we say discretion? All of those things help us to understand what wisdom is about um, and how we make our choices. Um, knowing when to go and how long to stay or not to go at all is all about wisdom. Knowing what to expose and what to keep secret is about wisdom. Uh, Knowing how to deal with situations without necessarily it being a confrontation is about wisdom. Some brag on their abilities to confront You know, they brag about, I can put up a good argument, or I know how to cuss people out, or I know how to take care of that. But they're not doing that in wisdom. So wisdom has to do with my overall character, my behavior, my response, the way I deal with situations, the way I deal with people. And the Bible requires that we have wisdom. Now, wisdom is feminine. Um, if you remember, there's a scripture that Jesus says in Luke 7.35, but wisdom is justified by all her children. Wisdom is justified by all her children. So the wise part of a person is the feminine part of a person. Your soul is feminine. The Bible said, my soul is shall make her boast in the Lord. Now, the reason it's considered feminine is because it produces something. Can you say that, please? It what? It produces. The the female produces. The male has the seed. The seed goes into the female, and then the female produces life. So those things in the Bible that produce considered to be feminine in nature so Jesus said wisdom is justified by all her children or by all that she produces my wisdom produces the good things of my life my wisdom produces how well I will live on the earth and my wisdom produces where I will live after I leave this earth So wisdom produces. When we look at the Bible, we understand that wisdom is necessary. And I like to read a scripture of a woman who acted in wisdom. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 25, if you could find that beginning at verse 32. Now, I'd like for you to read the entire chapter of 1 Samuel 25 when you have the time. Uh, And the story is so long, I'm going to read a portion of it and then explain the background. 2532 is about a woman named Abigail. Abigail. Abigail is married to a man named Nabal. And they have an encounter with King David at a time when David was in warfare and he and his soldiers were keeping Israel safe. And they came close to Nabal's property. Nabal was a multimillionaire. We could really look at him in our time and conclude he is a billionaire. And Nabal is married to Abigail. Verse 32 said, then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice. Church, would you say advice? And blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to me, surely by morning light no males or no men would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him, and said to her go up in peace to your house see i have i have heeded your voice and respected your person or you as a person abigail went to nabal and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king and nabal's heart was very merry within him for he was drunk Therefore, she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. And then it happened after about ten days, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. And when the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Now David And his soldiers are in an area, and they're out of supplies. They need food. They need blankets. They need some things to just go through a couple of days. And they know Nabal lives over there, and he's a billionaire. So they sent, David the king sent word to Nabal, would you give us some food, and would you give us some blankets and supplies where we can spend the night over here? And Nabal refused to do it. He said, no. And In effect, he said, if you need something, go to the store and buy it. Well, the word got to Abigail, Nabal's wife, that he had responded to the king that way. Now, when David got the response, he said to his soldiers, let's go to Nabal's place, kill him and every servant he's got. He does not talk to me that way. I am the king of Israel. And they mounted up to go and kill Nabal, Nabal's family, and all of his employees. Abigail figured out that that would be David's response. And according to the word, she got up more food and more blankets and more stuff than he actually needed. And she told the servants, come on. And she met David in the middle of the road. She said, I apologize for my husband. And I brought you more than what you asked for. And David said, if you did that, You've saved your husband. You've saved me from shedding blood today because your husband and all his servants, there wasn't going to be a man left on your place. Well, she went back to tell Nabal that she had saved his life and he was so drunk because he was throwing this big neighborhood party. He didn't have any food for the king's army that was keeping him safe. But he did have food to waste on a big feast. And he was so drunk, she wouldn't tell him what really had happened. And then when he woke up the next morning, she told him the story that I just told you, and he had a heart attack. And 10 days later, he died. And then after that, David, hearing that he was dead, said, Tell Abigail, I want her to be my wife because she's so wise. And David married Abigail. Now, the name Nabal means fool, F-O-O-L, and he is the biggest fool in the Bible. Here is a wise woman married to a fool. Now, we don't know why she married this fool, other than the fact we can see he had a lot of money that may or may not have influenced her decision. We're not... We're not uh, knowing that, but here's what we do know, that his actions are foolish actions. He, as an individual, took on the king of Israel and the king's army. He is an Israelite. They are fighting for him. They are defending him. They're keeping his property safe and secure. What they asked for is something that he could have thrown away in leftovers. And Abigail knew, She was married to a fool, and according to the Bible, she saves him. So it's kind of one of these cases of, you know, Miss Right and Mr. Right now getting together. We learn a lot about wisdom from Abigail, and we learn the respect that God has for wisdom by looking at how David talked to her. And how David said he would take her advice. Now, you you don't have to be around church very long to know that in the Old Testament, you don't have these cases where men are taking advice from women. As a matter of fact, one of the things in Judaism was that they treated women like property most of the time. But here is a case where the king, the greatest and best known king of Israel, takes the advice of this woman because he discerned her wisdom. Her wisdom. Would you say wisdom, please? Shrewdness, prudence, discretion. Her wisdom. When it comes to wisdom, there are some facts that I put down that actually I was able to gather from a deceased female pastor. And I was able to bring in some of her notes and points when she taught women along this very line. And so I'd like for you to walk through this with me for a few minutes. When you talk about wisdom and a wise woman, what are some of the points for a wise woman? First of all, number one, fears God. Proverbs 9 and 10 said, fear the Lord. Fear for the Lord, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. That wisdom is set, upon a foundation of respect for the lord now there is the kind of fear that we have when we are afraid i'm afraid of god that's really not what it's talking about it's talking about respect for god respect for the word of god respect for the things of god and respect for the people of god when we talk about fearing the lord It means that we have a respect for God, that we know that God is first in our lives. He is priority. Would you say God is my priority? When you talk about education, we get that from books, we get that from videos, we can get that from lectures, but when we talk about wisdom, wisdom comes from a fear of the Lord that That's why we're at church today. And there are so many who are not worshiping God today. There are many that don't care to worship God today or any Lord's Day. But we're here because we have a fear, a healthy fear of the Lord. We know that God is our help. We know that everything that we have comes from God. We know that the very breath that we just took came from God. The car that we rode up here in today came from God. This building came from God. The clothes that we're wearing come from God. We have a respect for God. And that is the beginning of wisdom. When you hear me talk along this line, you might say, I made a lot of foolish mistakes. But let me tell you something. If you have a respect for God, there is a rebound inside you. Because if there is wisdom inside you anywhere, you can always come back from a mistake. I wish I had a witness. One of the things we know about our relationship with God is he will never throw us away. So the mistakes that we made, we can chalk it up for education. We learn from it and grow from it, but we don't let it destroy us. Rather than let my mistakes destroy me, I let them develop me. Do I have a witness? Rather than let my mistakes cast me down forever, I let them teach me something while I'm down. So that when I get up, I won't make that mistake again. That is what the Bible means when it says fear God. Put God in everything. And when you fall, always remember the Bible said though he fall, he will not be destroyed. So we have fear for God. But here's number two. A wise woman not only fears God, but a wise woman hears well and increases in learning. She hears well and increases in learning. It doesn't say she talks and learns, but she hears and learns. Can you say that? She what? Sometimes the sister is talking so much she can't hear anything. But hearing is important. So look at what it said, Proverbs 1 and 5. It said, let a wise person listen and increase in learning. How do we learn? By listening, by hearing. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So hearing is important. Listen to how important hearing is, is that when John the Baptist came, he came preaching. That means somebody had to hear him. When Jesus came, he came preaching. That means somebody had to hear him. Hearing is important. Hearing is so important, you don't get saved unless you hear. Hearing is so important, the Bible said that when the Lord comes back, there'll be the sound of a trumpet in the air. And the dead in Christ shall rise first when they hear the sound of the trumpet. So hearing is important. And listen, we've got two ears and one mouth for a very good reason. We need to learn to listen, to hear. So a wise woman hears well and increases in learning. The more I hear, the more I can learn. Number three. The wise woman not only fears God, the wise woman not only hears well and increases in learning, but the wise woman attains to wise counsel, attains to wise counsel. Same Proverbs 1 and 5 said, and the person of understanding will acquire wise counsel. What does that mean? It really has something to do with who you listen to. Because if you're only listening to people in the same shape that you're in, it's not going to be any learning going on. You know, I made it my business in life to surround myself with people who are more successful than I am. Because that's how my success grows. If I'm the biggest dog in the pack, if I'm the richest one in the group, if I'm the only one in the group that has any knowledge or any education, you know I'll never grow. But if the people who are around me, I was talking to one of my friends the other day. He said, you know, they just did a financial assessment on all I've got. And he said, it shocked me. I'm worth $4.2 million. I said, you know you're my best friend, right? BFF, best friend. Forever. Why is that? Because, listen, you don't want to be the, the, the wisest one in the group. You want successful people. Just take a moment and look at who's speaking into your life. And what are they saying? Are they talking gossip most of the time? Are they talking about issues or folk? I mean, what are they talking about? What are you talking about? Just kind of go through your text messages and look. What kind of exchanges do you have with folk? When you get in a bind, can they tell you anything that can help you? Or are they always recommending folk that they can never find? Well, you know, I got a friend that deals in that, but I don't know where they are right now, but I know their sister's cousin, and I'm going to find out and see if they can find them. And if they can find them, I'll get you the number, and the number never comes. See, I don't need to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody else. I need to know that somebody else. So you attain the wise counsel. That also means you ask for wise counsel. You don't wait until you break down and then listen to the criticism. You ask along the way, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this is a good choice? What do you think about this? I read this on the internet. Do you know anything about it? I saw a commercial on TV advertising a certain school. I don't know anything about that school. Do you know anything about it? What am I doing? I'm looking for wise counsel. I'm looking for wise counsel. And if you don't mind me saying this, I need some wise counsel that's older than I am. Last Wednesday night, we were talking about the whole thing with Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And we understood that the reason the kingdom of Israel split was because the people who who, uh, had no respect for Rehoboam because of his attitude went off and started a whole different kingdom and split Israel. Well, what was wrong with Rehoboam? He was 19, 20 years old. He had become the king of Israel after his father Solomon died. And the folk came to him, said, we want to have a meeting with you. He said, okay, come on in. They said, well, you know, we've been working around Israel, you know, all of our lives. And your father, King Solomon, was real hard on us. He gave us hard jobs and little pay. Since you're the new king, we're just asking you, would you not be so hard on us? And would you help us with our pay? And the Bible said, he said, come back in three days and I'll tell you. And then the word says he got with some older advisors that advised his father and said, what should I do? And they said, listen to the folk and don't be so hard on them and help them out with what they've got going on. Well, then the Bible said, he said, thank you. But then he went to his peer level. He went to other fellas he'd gone to high school with. He went to people that he grew up with that were the same age he was. He said the people say I should take it easy on them. What do you think I should do? You know what they said? Oh no, if that's what they said, you need to be harder on them. You don't let them come up in here and tell you how to treat them. You need to be tough on them. And so he went back and told the people when they came back three days, I'm going to be tougher on you than my dad was. He said, if you think my dad was mean, it's more meanness in my little finger than was in my dad's whole body. And the Bible said the kingdom split. And they walked out and got them another king. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Listen, you may think that older people are out of touch because they don't know how to operate a smartphone. You may think that they're out of touch because they don't keep up with the top ten songs on the charts. You may think that they're out of touch because their sentences aren't crafted as nicely as yours, but you better listen to what some old folk got to say. God has left older people here who've gone through the school of hard knocks, and they can tell you that the school colors are black and blue. They've been bruised, they've been cut, they've been knocked down, they've gone through bad relationships, they've gone through storms, they've gone through financial disaster, and they learned some stuff along the way. And while you're so busy typing on your Android and your iPhone, getting some advice from a friend that you're texting, you might need to go over and sit down at grandmama's house. And just let her talk to you for a little while. She can help you with your husband. I wish I had a witness. She can help you with your business. She may not have ever made $1,000 at one time. But the truth is, she can help you think through your financial situation. We attain the wise counsel. Number four, wisdom appreciates correction. I said, wise women... Appreciate correction. Say that with me, church. Wise men, women what? Appreciate correction. Here's what the Bible said, Hebrews 11, 6 and 11. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as a son, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, meaning the time you're going through it, but painful. Remember when, when your mother, your father used to whip you and talk, and said they loved you all at the same time? You're like, well, uh, where's the love? No discipline seems pleasant. Uh, seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Correction is a ministry. Let me say that again. Correction is a ministry. You know, the truth is, if I ain't doing it right, don't let me keep doing it wrong, making a fool out of myself. Tell me I'm not doing it right. And give me the opportunity to correct it. I wish I had some help. Don't be so arrogant that you can't receive correction from the right place. All of us are human. And humanity is a mess at best. I wish I had a witness here. I know James Weldon Johnson said that God created man out of clay, but that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said that God created man out of dust. And dust is a mess. How much is dust worth? You know that dust on your house you need to be wiping up, you ain't got to yet? How much is it worth? Who can you sell it to? Have you ever seen a dust truck going down the road? Now, I've seen trucks full of dirt. People would buy dirt, but won't nobody buy dust. Dust is a mess, especially this time of the year when you got pollen all around and you think you got the living room just right and you invite company over and as soon as they come in and sit down, you look at the table and it's covered in dust. Listen, our humanity at best is a mess. We need each other when it comes to correction. A wise woman, ladies, appreciates correction. Number five, a wise woman controls her tongue. Proverbs seventeen twenty-eight. after all, even a fool may be thought wise, and intelligent if he stays quiet and keeps his mouth shut. You know, people don't know you're a fool till you start talking. I wish I had a witness here. Because they don't know what you think. And this is good for men, women, and children. That it is my conversation, or the newest word that's been put in the dictionary, when I conversate that people figure out what I'm made out of. And in many cases, if you control your tongue and just let others talk, you'll get the advantage. Because wisdom is about shrewdness. Wisdom is about prudence. And wisdom is about discretion. Controls her tongue. I don't know, the Bible says something about a Man would rather sleep on the housetop than inside the house with a nagging woman. Well, let me try it again. I'm not getting a lot of support on this today. It's good that I'm preaching it on the first Sunday because at least you got communion to look forward to. But baby, you can't always respond to people because somebody said something to you doesn't require that you say something back to them. Because somebody posted something on you doesn't require that you post something nastier back to them. Because somebody insulted you, it doesn't mean that you got to come up with the worst insult you can think of. And then, of course, when the insults get to flying, the profanity starts flying with it. And so the cussing gets more extensive. I don't have a witness here. And finally, it's just one curse after another curse, one word after another word, and we end up in a bad place. We've got to learn to control our tongues. Now, here's how the Lord helps us. When the Lord wants to work on you, and so many of us pray and ask God, Lord, make me, use me any way you want to. Well, there's only two ways God can train you. One is to put you under a situation you can't control or the second is to put you under a supervisor you can't control. See some of you mad with your supervisor when that mean supervisor with a prejudiced self is really the answer to your prayers. Because of them you're working on you because you want to say something back to them but you know it's going to cost you your job. I don't have a witness here. You have to learn to control your tongue. Your tongue can get you fired. Your tongue can get you hurt. Your tongue can get you killed. Your tongue can cause you to not get a promotion that you were scheduled for, but you never knew you were scheduled for it. Your tongue can keep you from getting a raise that they'd already approved, but they hadn't got with you yet. And then when the wrong thing comes out, they said, not yet. Well, number six, a wise woman speaks good health, speaks good health. Here's what Proverbs sixteen twenty four said, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Honey, do you know when you talk nice to me, it makes my body healthier? I don't have another witnesses, I, I guess I'll walk through here. When a woman compliments a man, it improves his health. Let me read it again. Kind words are like honey. Now, if kind words are like honey, what must unkind words be like? Honey, it's like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Learn to play your man. With kind words. I'll get a witness in a minute See the problem, and I'm a man, the problem is some of my sisters don't know how to play that man. See the way you talk to him means you can get more out of him. I don't have a witness here. And the truth is that a man is really easier to deal with with kind words. So speak good health. Number seven. A wise woman obeys her parents in the Lord. Hebrews 13, 17 says, and it's talking about your pastors, your spiritual leaders, those in the church. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them since they watch over your souls as those who will give an account. So they can do this with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Then Ecclesiastes 10:4 says, if your ruler, and earlier in Hebrews it calls your leaders, rulers in the King James Version if your ruler becomes angry with you do not hand in your resignation serious wrongs may be pardoned if you keep calm. Well, of course, in our spiritual walk, this is true for men and women. There are times when those who are over us in the Lord make decisions that we don't necessarily like. I've had it to happen to me so many times, I can't remember how many times. And I've been a part of organizations, I've been under bishops, I've been under presidents and groups, and the decision that they made didn't even include me. And I'm sitting here ready to go in and ready to work and ready to serve, but they didn't even include me. And I felt looked over, but I didn't open my mouth and I didn't quit. I kept on serving where I was serving. Why did I do that? Because of what the word teaches me, to obey your leaders and submit to them why they watch for your souls. What does that really mean? What is your soul, your mind, your heart, your will? The soul is your emotions. The soul is your desires. The soul is how you think. Your spiritual leader watches for your soul that your soul doesn't get all emotional, all caught up, that you don't get all tangled up, that you don't get all messed up. It's about love. It's a ministry of love. But every parent in the room knows that love is not always sweet and easy. Sometimes love is tough. Sometimes love is disciplining, but according to the scripture, there's something on down the road that's going to be a better in your life because of what happened right at that point. I've had it to happen to me so many times, even as a boy in church. Our pastor, bless his heart, loved him. I mean, loved, I love my pastor like my father. He would call you out in church if he's standing up here and looked back there and saw you pass a note. See, people text now in church, but in the old church across the street, they pass notes and baby pictures. And, and if the pastor saw us doing that, he'd he the service. We were having service one night, one Sunday night. And the pastor looked back there. He said, Brother Sherman Young, you and Brother Gregory Jones, come up here. I was about 14 at the time. He said, come up here. He said, all the while this man was preaching. I was watching you. So you all back there whispering. That's all we were doing. And we were talking low so nobody could hear us. He said, you don't disrespect God's word like that. Get on your knees right now and pray out loud one at a time and ask God to forgive you. Poor me, I, I was so ashamed, Lord. I got down on my knees. Uh, our Father in heaven. About that time, Mommy. Or Rosie Brooks, one of them over in the corner, hit a moan, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord. You know, those old people, they cover over your prayers when the children would pray. So I'm I'm just praying, asking the Lord to forgive me. And do you know, we still came right on back the next Sunday, never did quit. I'm singing in two choirs. I'm in Sunday school. I'm in BTU. I'm in everything the church has going on why because i had to do what the word said to do i had to recognize that at that particular point in place and time that that was important that i that and this is this is beautiful about the verse it said if 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 it's not done it would be unprofitable for you well i kept on going and guess what it became profitable for me it became profitable because that's an important part of our spiritual walk here's number number 8 A wise woman walks with other wise women. Come on, help me say it. They what? walk with other crazy women. A wise woman finds wise women to hang out with. Proverbs 12, 15, 23. Stupid people always think they're right. Wise people listen to advice. Sensible people keep quiet about what they know. But stupid people advertise their ignorance. You don't want to hang out with stupid people. Let me try that again. You don't want to play cards with a table full of stupid people. Let me try it again. Y'all ain't hearing me yet. You don't want you don't want to go to the club with stupid people because they're gonna get in trouble and you're gonna get in trouble right with them. Stupid people. Stupid is as stupid does, far as gone. And we have to be careful again about the company we keep because we can get in trouble because of them. So wisdom demands that when I find out that girl's stupid, I ain't hanging with her no more. Matter of fact, I don't even want to give her a ride to work. I'm hoping she'll get her a ride. I don't have a witness here. I'm going in the store with you and I find out you stealing while we're walking around in the store. Do I have a witness up in here? You're running a credit card scam, a debit card scam. You know that credit card wasn't yours. And then you're going to brag on it to me when we get outside of Walmart. I ain't Walmarting with you no more. No, I have to make some decisions about me. I got to take care of me. And you be stupid all you want. But if I hang with you, that makes me stupid too. Because although I don't do the stupid things, I'm hanging out. I'm partnering. I'm connected with stupidity. and. We got a problem in our society. We think we can fix folk. God ain't calling you to fix nobody. You just need to take care of yourself. You said, but I'm my brother's keeper. God didn't never tell you you was your brother's keeper. That is not true. The Bible said when, when, when God asked Cain, where is Abel? Abel smarted off at God and said, Abel, that's all you want to see? What you think? I'm my brother's keeper. I don't know where he is. No, we don't keep our brother. I'm having a hard enough time keeping me. I sure can't keep you. Because when I'm around you, you're going to show me your best side. I don't even know the foolishness you're doing under the cover. I don't know what you're doing when I'm not around. But if I detect that there's some stupidity going on in your life, I have to make the wise choice and disassociate myself with you. I wish I had a witness. And I hate to say it, brothers and sisters, but sometimes it's in your own family. Sometimes it's with that graduating class. I mean, y'all were close all through high school. But then you get out of high school and you realize that the life they're living is destructive and does not contribute to where you want to go in the world. So let me find some other wise women. Let me find somebody who's doing something. Let me find somebody that's producing something. Let me find somebody that's, 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 that's got a good reputation. Let me find somebody that's got skills. And number nine, because number eight walks right into number nine. It segues into it. Not only does a wise woman walk with other wise women, but a wise woman stays out of trouble. Can I read this and close? Let's come to the table. Wise people are careful to stay out of trouble. Proverbs 14, 16, and 17. But stupid people are careless and act too quickly. People with a hot temper do foolish things. Wise people remain calm. Now, that speaks for itself, but if you give me 30 seconds, I sure do want to chase it for a minute. Because it's got something to do with not only knowing how to respond, but when to respond. And there are times when you got to know how to keep your cool. Until Listen, don't ever let anybody choose your battlefield. Don't let nobody pull you into a fight. You know the weakest words I've ever heard? He made me mad. She made me mad. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that somebody outside of your body, outside of your person, can control you like that? Honey, when your enemy finds out what makes you mad, they'll keep you mad. When they find out what aggravates you, they'll keep you aggravated. But when they can never detect that you have any kind of response to it, you've got the upper hand. See, when I pull you into a fight, I already been practicing what I'm going to say to you for two or three days. Sometimes two or three weeks, I'm just waiting until I see you again. When I walk up on you, you don't know what I got in my mind. When I let it out, your response is never going to be right. Listen, you cannot live with that slogan over your head. You better watch yourself because I'm going to tell you now, if you run up, you're going to get done up. A wise person doesn't live that way. A wise person is safe and secure in who they are. You can call me a name. You can talk about my mama. You can talk about my church. You can talk about my children, but you still won't control me. I don't have a witness here. Let me try it again. You don't get to control me because you don't like me. The reason that you don't like me really is because you want to be me. I don't have a witness. And don't let no fake you try to get upset the real you. Because if I don't like you, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I really want to be you. And since I can't be you, I decide I'll destroy you. But a wise person recognizes jealousy when they see it. And you're always polite. Now you said, Bishop, I can't, I can't, I don't know how to love them. Well, you know how to be polite. You know what Paul said you do when you, when you, when you hallow your enemies? It said, it said, you, Paul said, pray for your enemies. Paul said, be kind to your enemies. Why you said do that, Paul? It said, because it will heap coals of fire upon their head. What does that mean? They'll burn up in shame after a while because they've been backstabbing you, lying on you. They've been talking against you and you still say good morning. And you say it just like you love them, just like they're in your family. You say you, you say, you know, praise God, I'm so happy to see you today. I heard you had a cold last week and call in to work. I prayed for you while you were out. I wish I had some help. You have to know, a wise woman knows how to handle others that don't like her. Because if they're pulling you into a fight, you can never lose a fight or win a fight that somebody else declared. you got to learn how to walk in wisdom. You know, I'm through, but even learn something from a rattlesnake. A rattlesnake can lay by your foot all day. And never make a sound until he knows that you see him and jump. And as soon as you see him and jump, that's when his tail starts rattling. Listen, be wise, Jesus said, as a serpent. That's what he meant. Don't let your enemies know you're on to them. Don't let people know that you see them. Don't let folk know that you heard what they said. Don't let your enemies know that you know they've been plotting against you. You just keep on saying, good morning. Be wise as a serpent. Don't let them know that you see them. You saw what they text. They didn't know you saw it. They sent you the text message by mistake. It was about you and they messed around and pulled up your name and sent you the text message. Don't let them know you got it. Don't text them back and say, I see, I see what you said and I'm telling you right now, I'm so and so and such and such, such and such and hell and damn and this and that. Don't get tangled up like that. No, you know what you do? Just say, well, Lord, have mercy. And keep going. And the next time they see you, you know they they're looking because they know they sent you that text message last night. So they think you're going to come up with something, and you just come up to them, "How's your family doing? I heard that your son and my son go to school together, and I, and you know that's a good school. Wisdom, wisdom." Jesus teaches us how to be wise. All that they did to him, he never said a mumbling word. But truth crushed to the ground, rises again. Everybody in this room has been abused. Everybody in this room has been hurt. Every one of us has been backstabbed. Every one of us has been lied on. Every one of us has been gossiped about. Don't think you're special. But it's the wisdom that you walk in that determines your destiny. Let's stand to our feet. heads about, eyes are closed please all over the room every man, woman and child every man, woman and child would you just let's just take a minute to pray I can never preach along this line without seeing my own reflection in the mirror I've not been wise at times when I should have been wiser but thank God I'm growing is that your testimony I'm growing in wisdom The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Walk in wisdom. Father, today...